This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! It's Friday morning in Arkansas. It's Friday morning in the world of Aaron Torres as well, and he'll join us here on Halftime Today, morning, AT. Happy end of September. How are you? I'm great, guys. How how, how, how are you guys doing? I mean, I, I know it's a big weekend, but everything outside of football good. Is the weather good? Is how's everything? How's life? We're really hot uh, in the daytime, but it gets nice really? in the summertime. We've got the leaves starting to change. Um, okay. You got you got my favorite month of sports coming up in October. And, um, and we got a really interesting football game tomorrow, which, by the way, guys, this is great. You get to see on AT's website, Aaron Torres Online, he's got a whole, uh, a whole piece here on Arkansas versus Texas A&M. I can't get enough of your first paragraph. I'm going to read it out loud with the exception of the one part that I'd get in trouble for. Put simply, Aaron says, the Southwest Classic is the craziest rivalry that the average college football fan doesn't realize is a legitimately bat crazy rivalry. Well done, AT, and man, are you right. You know, and, and it, it's one, guys, where, listen, I mean, I try to watch as much as I can, try to be as informed as possible, but you know, as I was doing my week, week five preview stuff, I was like, is this thing really as crazy as I remember? Am I over-exaggerating this? And then I went back and looked it up, and no, it is insane, as I know every Arkansas fan knows, but like, you know, just as a comparison, I looked it up, so you know, this, this great rivalry that everybody loves, Ohio State-Michigan. There's been two, two games in the last decade decided by a touchdown or less. One went to overtime. Texas A&M Arkansas has had six games decided by one touchdown or less, you know, score or less, and, uh, and, and, two, and what, three of them have gone to overtime. I've obviously, you know, I had an Arkansas fan send me some of the stats about, you know, leads in the fourth quarter that I probably don't want to get into on, on an Arkansas radio station. But it is just an insane rivalry. It feels like every game comes down to the wire. I mean, I can vividly remember two, three, four, five of them just seemingly being, you know, decided and done. And then, of course, you look up and somebody has blown a big lead or taken a lead or whatever. So, yes, it is an insane rivalry. I think both faces understand that. And, frankly, I don't expect much less tomorrow afternoon at Jerry World. Aaron, we, we were talking a little bit. What, what do you think the cause of uh, Arkansas to have so many penalties this year? You know, they say turnovers is something that doesn't carry over or translate by year by year. Uh, are penalties kind of the same way? How do, how do we correct that? You know, it's actually funny, Matt. I was going to ask you that. You know, I mean, listen, I played, you know, at a, you know, in the high school level. I was not good enough to play at the levels that you did. And, you know, like you think, like, you think that that's something that could be fixable, right? I mean... We've heard all the different stories of, um, you know, of bringing referees into practice or, you know, running extra laps or what, like whatever. And sometimes I do wonder, if maybe it's just not correctable. I mean, you go back to Alabama last year. I mean, Alabama, um, you know, they, they, they were disappointing by their own standard, and one of the problems was they could never clean up penalties. So I want to throw it back to you as the guy who played at the highest levels, like, is that something that is fixable over the course of a season? Because it feels like if Arkansas could clean that up, you know, I, I don't want to say they definitively be 4-0, but I think there's absolutely a scenario where they are. And I'm curious for your perspective, is that something that can get cleaned up in the middle of the season? 
Yeah, you know, Aaron, when I, I'll give you a basketball analogy that you got to make it a way to to put it on the team and put it the the the, the players as one, the team as one. Because let's say yeah. you're shooting free throws and you miss a free throw, and the whole team has to run. It makes that's the most pressure free throw you're going to have because you don't want to miss the free throw and have your whole team run. So if you jump off sides or whatever you do, you got to run. I, I I don't know. That's I mean that's I guess that's what Coach Pittman makes the big bucks for. I, I have a sense it's so it's it's got to be different penalty by penalty. Sometimes you get a team that just isn't very good at staying away from personal fouls or late hits, and they're not coached properly to stay away from that. I think the main issue is is right on the line of scrimmage, Aaron. I mean, it is, it is offensive line false starts, holding, which gets into the idea that you know you're you're off on your block sometimes when you're holding because you're trying to keep from your your quarterback getting sacked. Uh, it's really all happened at the line of scrimmage. I don't know what you what, what to put it on really. If it's nerves, if it's um, if it's coaching, uh, I mean, they, they're making a point of emphasis about this. Like so it's technique not like it's or being something. Ignored. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it either. Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, as Matt was laying that out, Phil, that, that was kind of what I was thinking. You know, he made the basketball analogy. I will use a, a, a different sport analogy. It's, like, it's almost like unforced errors in tennis, you know. like there, And that's how I feel about, you know, football is, is there are penalties that are uh, you know, uh, in the moment, you know, uh, uh, a targeting penalty that might not be targeting that could go either way, you know, a pass interference call that's a little bit sketchy. But if you're just jumping off sides, these are things that feel like they're very, uh, yeah, you know, uh, false start, whatever. Um, these are things that feel like they're very correctable and they feel like it's a mental thing more than anybody else. And maybe a, you know, what's the right word I'm looking for, a, a, a focus effort more than anything else. So, you know, guys, I, it, it's one, like I said, I, I wanted to defer a little bit to you guys because, like, like what Matt said is I remember, you know, being in high school, and again, I hate to be the dude that's trying to compare playing, you know, crappy high school football to playing in the SEC, and I'm by no means doing that, but that was what I remember was it was like a team-wide thing when there were too many penalties, everybody had to pay for it at practice the next day or whatever, and that was the only thing I could think of even as I was getting ready to come on with you guys is, is that the solution? I, I don't know, but like I said, it, it, it feels like something that should be fixable, especially because to your point, Phil, there's a lot of quote-unquote unforced penalties that, that seem like they should be avoidable. I want to ask you, um, I want to ask, you, know, you, speaking of unforced errors, you didn't have very many on your picks last week. Seven and one against the spread. He's, he's, he's at least picking Arkansas to well, cover in this game. What do you, give me another game this weekend that you feel really good about. Oh, that I feel really good about. Um, that I feel really good about. By the way, Phil, you get lucky with picks against the spread sometimes. I have Florida State, Clemson melted down. Like, so stuff happens. Um, you know, I don't know that I feel great about any of them. I think there are certainly some lines that are a little bit confusing to me. Um, Auburn only, I, I understand they're at home, but only being a 14 and a half point favorite against Texas A&M with the way that they looked last week Georgia. in Aggieland. Georgia. Was a little, oh. just, what's they're, that they're, they're playing Georgia, aren't they? Auburn? Yeah, they're playing Georgia at home, but I mean, I, I know they're a two touchdown underdog, but they looked really they have a lot of work to do, and that's one thing. Like, Hugh Freeze is publicly just – he basically said, like, we don't have the dudes in this program that we need to compete at the highest level. The other one to me that's interesting is the team you guys just saw, LSU and Ole Miss. Um, you know, the stats that started to come out about Lane Kiffin in kind of games where he doesn't have the talent advantage, you know, where, you know, top 25 teams, teams that finish with 8, 9, 10 wins. Uh, but they are favored. You know, they're a slight uh, underdog at home. 
But I, you guys saw the LSU defense. I'm not sold on LSU either. So I think it's a really interesting week in college football, and I think especially in the SEC where we're going to learn a lot about those teams. That Florida win over Tennessee, was that a fluke, or are they on to something? Is Kentucky real? They haven't really played anybody through four weeks. So I would say I think this is maybe the most interesting week of SEC play so far because there's so many teams that I do feel like we're going to learn quite a bit about. Uh, Aaron, is Oklahoma back? After that year they had last year, you think they're back this year? Are they for real? Yeah, it's it's interesting because Matt, you were just talking about stuff you know year over year, and last year they lost. I, I think the stat was they went six and seven. I think five of their losses were by a touchdown or less. Four of them were by a field goal, which is insane. And it's especially insane, by the way, when you have uh, statistically the worst defense in the Big Twelve, which they did last year, and so. What I think has happened was they hit the portal really hard in the offseason, and they, they, they just upgraded the talent on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the front seven, and all they had to do was be a little bit better, uh, and they were going to improve the win-loss record. So, <coughs> excuse me, guys. They got a long way to go. They actually have Texas next week. That's going to be kind of the barometer, but I do think they're treading in the right direction. I was a guy that was very critical of Brent Venables at this time last year, but I do think it might have been a situation you you lose a lot of close games in one season that tends to portend to you know winning some close ones the following year. So I think that's kind of the scenario with Oklahoma there. Were you uh, what do you make of Kentucky and Florida at Kroger Field? Um, I still I still in my mind envision Kentucky as this like run first oriented club, going to ground and pound and everything. Uh, but that's not who they are with, with Devin Leary. And Florida's defense may be a little bit better than I thought they would be. I don't really think very highly of, of the Florida offense, um, but defensively they've got a good defensive front. Yeah, and I even go back to that first Thursday night, and I know that you know it, it was ugly, but I, if you look back at that week one loss to Utah for Florida, they actually outgained Utah. It was just they, they had turnovers at the worst possible time, all that stuff. Uh, this is another one, guys, where I think we're going to learn a lot about both teams. Like I said, from the Florida perspective, everybody is trying to, 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 to recrown them as something after they took care of business against Tennessee a few weeks ago. But that was a game where they got up early and kind of sat on the ball in the second half. I mean, and, and I think, Phil, that's what's interesting to me about this matchup is Florida almost plays the way that you think Kentucky plays. And Kentucky's got two or three receivers that are really, really, really good that look like the dudes that kind of play on, you know, historically have been Florida Gators. And so that's what's interesting to me is like Billy Napier, I, 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 I guess I'm probably the only person without a super strong opinion about him. I think he's probably the right guy, but I don't think he inherited a ton of talent. And that's the wild part to me is I think people are going to turn on that game tomorrow. Um, and I don't know how many Hawks fans will be watching because it will obviously be going on at the same time as the Aggie game. But, you know, they'll turn on that game, and it's like Kentucky's the one that has the dudes that Florida usually has. Florida's the one that wants to keep it low-scoring and close to the best. I think that is a fascinating matchup where, like I said, we'll definitely learn a lot about both teams. Another game I'm, I'm interested in is that Notre Dame at Duke game. At Notre Dame just had a crazy one against Ohio State, emotional game. Um, can, can Duke pull off the upset, Notre Dame get back-to-back losses? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I didn't pick it one way or the other. Um, but I, I don't know, and I know Notre Dame's a veteran team, and Sam Hartman's a 60-year guy and all that stuff, but the way they lost, I mean, you know, I was prepping to do my show right when that game went final, and to see the faces of those Notre Dame players in shock that on the final play of the game they end up losing it, um, 
is unbelievable. And then I think from the other perspective, I, I just think Duke's a really good team. Um, you know, they're not elite, but I, I, I don't think there's anything fluky about them being 4-0. They won nine games last year. Um, they're obviously well-coached. Mike Elko is very well-regarded across the sport. So that's one where, I mean, I think Notre Dame has the better players, uh, but it's going to be an electric environment. They say it's going to be one of the best environments Duke has had in a very long time. But then on top of that, I, I think it's important to note, I just think Duke has good players. We saw it against Clemson, um, and they'll obviously be ready. And then I just think from the Notre Dame perspective, it's like the oldest cliche in sports, don't let one loss turn into two. But I don't know how you can, I don't know how you can be fired up to play in this game in the manner in which you lost last week. What about don't let one blowout turn into two? What about Colorado at Southern California in your uh, in your part of the country facing another uh, prolific offense? I'm just not sure about the USC defense. Yeah, you know that's another one, guys. Like, you know, and, and I guess it's because USC is on during all. You know, my sh- you know my show is on at 11 Eastern, 10 Central. So I think all four USC games so far have been on in my time slot. So I, maybe I've watched them a little bit closer. But it was weird to me. It felt like everybody was was anointing USC's defense as being fixed because they beat two really bad teams in Nevada and then Stanford, which might actually be the worst team in the Power Five this year. I didn't really understand it. And I think it was on display last week when USC struggled to keep uh, Arizona State's offense off the field a week after Arizona State nearly lost, or they didn't nearly, they got destroyed at home by Fresno State. So I'm not sold USC's defense um, is very good. This might not be the week. I think Colorado will keep it competitive, uh, being a home game and everything. But uh, I, I do think when we start talking about the second half of the season, who's really a contender, who's not, I think there's legitimate playoff contenders in the Pac-12. I'm just not sold that USC is going to be one of them at the end of the season. They still have Utah at home. They still have Washington at home. They still have Oregon on the road. They still have UCLA, which is actually playing very good defense right now. So I think it'll be a fun game. I'm just not sold that USC is very good on the defensive side of the ball. I think they're going to waste a year of, of, of more great Caleb Williams play because they have a lot of work to do on that side. Aaron, thanks, man. Appreciate you. Have a good show tomorrow, and uh, we'll check in again next week. Even talk a little basketball next week since practice started. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. It's coming, baby. It's coming. Thank you guys very much. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Aaron. Hey, sports fans. Don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey & Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey & Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey & Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey & Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. I haven't left for uh, the Metroplex yet, and I, I guess I had my choice since I was up in Harrison last night or yesterday to either go to Fayetteville and leave from Fayetteville or go back to Little Rock and leave from there. 
My decision was to drive from Little Rock so I avoid all of the smaller Oklahoma highways. Um, and, man, I don't get pulled over anymore. I had an issue with that like 20 years ago. I don't get pulled over anymore. But two years ago in Atoka, Oklahoma, I did because they're paying attention really closely. Like, don't go five miles an hour over the speed limit on those highways. Everybody be careful out there. Don't mm-hmm. text and drive. Be safe. Keep your eyes on the road, hands on the wheel. Uh, turn turn your music up and, and, and be safe. And make sure those sunglasses um, don't have too many scratches in, on, on, on them. I always get a little nervous with the scratches you on know, the sunglasses. That would be so, oh, when, whenever you scratch up your frames, that's just, you got to go get a new pair. It's just, uh, that's 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 the worst, right? I mean, I mean, your lenses, not your frames. I mean, your frames. Well, that's why I don't spend any more than $15 You're, on sunglasses. See, I'm, I'm learning. I, numerous, I, numerous uh, reasons for I don't, that. I, don't, I mean, what are those, 180 I mean, I just I spend way too much, yeah. I, like, I think I'll spend my money on like a really good tooth brush to ensure that those things stay nice and you know if you, white. if you uh if you floss your teeth you you live seven years longer than if you don't yeah good heart health who would have thought mm-hmm. who'd have thought uh so i had to laugh and i was thinking about this because i'm headed down headed to dallas after the show i mean i wonder what the roads will be like because you get a lot of folks that are coming from arkansas to go over to dallas including just think of how many students at the University of Arkansas are from Dallas. I think this year there are more incoming freshmen from outside Arkansas, I think from Texas, than there are, than are, there are native Arkansans. If it's not, it's close. So this is their chance to like go home, sleep at home with mom and dad and all the friends that they grew up with that might still be back there or coming back for this game specifically. So I'm um, friends with a with, um, <clears throat> with a, a professor on campus, and he posted today on Facebook, he says, note to self, holding class on A&M Dallas Friday is essentially pointless. Doesn't sound like anybody's in class today. Man, it's an event. I've been twice to Jerry's World when, uh, what has this been, 11 years now they've been playing over there, or 10 years, uh, however long. But it, So I've been a couple of times, and, man, it's, it's a great turnout. Arkansas fans travel well. Uh, there, there's a lot of Arkansas and, and, and Texas ties, and, and man, it was uh, both times been been a good time. And in that stadium, Phil, oh my goodness, that's like a oh, that's such a, it's really a cool stadium. I mean, would you would you compare it to like uh, the Astrodome or Courier Courier Dome, like uh, from 40 years ago? You know, what would it be? Uh, like like in the seventies, what stadium would, would you even compare it to? Yeah, that's a good question because that, you know when the Astrodome was built, that was. It was the only one. Yeah. I mean, that was the only was dome the first stadium. Yeah. So it felt unique. They called it the eighth wonder of the world. I think you could probably fit like three Astrodomes inside at and It's stadium. ridiculous. I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's absolutely stunning. And it's also one of the largest art museums in the world. When you look at all of the art that's on the walls and the sculptures that are around, and I'm not even talking about the Jerry Jones hologram, which you pay $55 to ask questions with. How many, how many people that are going, because the Cowboys play the Patriots Sunday at the stadium, so you can go for the Razorback game and get tickets to the Cowboys game too. How many want to ask the questions from the Jerry Jones hologram? I want to so, a- ask, what, yeah, and what question? It's like, when are we going to go to natural grass? When, when, what's, what's going on? How, how, how and why? Answers that. Do you think artificial intelligence Jerry Jones would answer that question? Is it programmed in? Because if it's artificial intelligence, it's got to come up with some sort of answer, right? Yeah, artificial intelligence, artificial grass. These things do work hand in hand, don't they? I guess so. 
Uh, calls and texts come in on the McClarty Daniel hotline, 877-377-6963. Alan Fort Smith knows about Atoka. <laughs> he says, Atoka don't play. No, they do not. No, they do not. And, you know, with RG3, I don't know if this has any, I mean, not our RG3, right, if, with Rocket, Rocket Sanders, I don't know if this has anything to do uh, with his knee, but his last two games he's played in have been on field turf, and he's been hurt afterwards. Like, both both the last two games that he's actually taken a snap in, taken a rep in, he got hurt, and it was on field turf. I would just kind of be a little careful uh, about that. Now, if his knee's messed up, it's messed up. I hope it's not but I would just keep that in the back of my mind and be be careful on that stuff, man. It does it just does not give the same as grass. It's harder on your joints. It's hard. Every time I played a game on artificial turf, the next day my legs were more sore than they were when I. But you're you're always going to be sore, but it's always a little more sore when you play on that turf. The Liberty Bowl. Um, I didn't remember if that place has artificial uh, artificial surface or not. I yeah, it was it cold does. and it was cold yeah. and that turf it's and the colder it gets the the worse that turf gets as well. Like it's not given, man. It's it's a uh, it doesn't make any sense why you you spend all this money on professional athletes and and you send them out there on a subpar surface. Well, the feeling is is that he's going to play. I I think he uh, someone texted in two or two days ago or yesterday that he had told uh, somebody on Nashville Sports Radio where Bill King works that he is going to play. So I don't know how many carries he's going to get, but he is going to play, and uh, that's that's a good thing. But hopefully you're right. Hopefully this uh, this turf stuff doesn't – I didn't even think about it in those terms, too. That last two games he's played – Next five games, I think. Artificial yeah. surface and a knee injury. Next five – every game after this looks like it's on, on grass with Oxford, Bama – uh, you know, we get home and then you go to Gainesville. I don't think there's Gainesville. any more artificial that's, surfaces. That's what I mean. So just be careful. Yeah. Let's take some calls on the McClarty Daniel hotline. Charlie is here with us. Charlie, I think um, Eddie's planning a trip for you and he to hike up Mount Everest together. Do you have a warm coat? Oh, man. I've heard about this. Listen, uh, Tudor, you know, the one thing I will say, you know, I'm not afraid of a lot of things. But the tuna will admit he's not a huge fan of heights. So, Phil, uh, you know, you might kind of, I mean, I'll go, I guess. I'll, I'll watch you guys. I'll cheer you on. <laughs> you saying I got to jump in on this too or what? That you don't have to. Me? It's just an offer. I mean, I really kind of thought the two of you might, you know, make a good make a good uh, hiking tandem together. I got y'all with that too, man. Sounds like uh, sounds like I'm Charlie's sorry. in the drive-through here for a moment. That's uh, that's happened a couple other times. While he's ordering lunch, we'll take Jackie's call and cross it. What's up, Jackie? You're not you're not ordering lunch now, are you? No, I'm sitting outside eating chicken noodle soup. It's good. You make the call after you get lunch, not with your not with your mouth full. What's up, Jackie? Hey, I tried I tried to call a while ago, but I wasn't able. When I'm a huge Braves fan, I'm talking about diehard Braves fan. Suffered through all the years that they won, but they didn't win. But well, they look like the, they look game. like the best team in the sport right now, not just the National League, and they clinched home field. You yesterday. have a Braves, Baltimore's World Series, all East Coast. That'd be fun. Yeah, the Braves pitching is not in good shape right now. But I was watching that when when that foul ball, and you could hear it. The catcher never moved. To go get the ball, I, I I can't understand how they can't get that right. Yeah, I don't Four either. People. I, I don't and, either. I first I don't understand how 
<laughs> how the plate umpire couldn't tell the difference in the sounds. I mean, think of all yeah. the pitches that he's been there for, all the foul tips that he's heard. There is a distinct difference between the sound of a ball hitting a wooden bat and the ball hitting <laughs> a leather glove. I mean, a major difference in that sound. So he must be deaf. Yeah. They, you know, they made the comment, what if that was in the seventh game of the World Series and they blew that call? Yeah, yeah I have a feeling at that point you find a way to review those things. Maybe not at that yeah. moment because what's reviewable is and what's not isn't. But and that would be yeah. the thing that would push it over the edge. Yeah, and then you get the manager thrown out on top of all that. But, but anyway, the Braves pitching to me is not, you know, Charlie Morton's hurt. We don't even know if he's going to pitch again. Freed is hurt. You know, he, he's going to come back, but he's going to miss 17 days in a row without pitching. Oh, that's all right. You got a team of sluggers. You can just out out hit everybody. I, mean, so I hope so. You're gonna. You might so, have man. to, and I think you got the kind of lineup to pull it off. Although I will say, I mean, you do have to have you do have to have good pitching if you're going to go all yeah. the way. Like that's. <laughs> but I, I all those years, the Braves had all the great pitching and still didn't didn't win yes, the whole. Yes, they thing. did. They didn't have the power in the lineup that, like they do this year. I've watched every game, and it's unbelievable what they've done this year. Five players with thirty home runs or more. That I mean, come on. And the only guy who ever did who ever did forty seventy. It's uh, it is pretty nuts. It's good to hear from you, Jackie. Thank you very much. All right, let's see what Charlie ordered for lunch, and then we'll take the break and talk with Nate Olson. Hey, Charlie, what's uh, what's for lunch? Man, it was it wasn't even my fault. I had already finished ordering lunch. Uh, they walked over here, and I had to give them their drink. That was my bad. Uh, I even tipped that girl over there ten dollars. I'm thinking about going back over there. She didn't mess my drink up. Can't take it so back. That's why. That's why you never tip before the meal is over. Like, stop asking for <laughs> tips before you've actually provided the service. Tony was trying to be nice today. You know, he just got paid and all that. So, uh, anyway, I was going to say though, back to what Ed said. You know, cool. I, I guess maybe I'll give in if I've had a few beers or something, but. Only problem is if I look down, I might have an anxiety attack. So I'm not a huge I fan. Know, of I think there might be a problem thing. if you're drinking beer on your way up Mount Everest. That probably doesn't work <laughs> very well. You're probably right. I was going to talk about. I was going to bring up the Braves too, which is which is crazy because I did grow up a Braves fan. But I feel as far as what Ronald Acuna Jr. has done this year, when you think about it, and also he's increased his batting average up to 336 and. All-time RBR leader for the Braves, I think. But the fact that he's also stolen seventy bases, obviously, it's a, it's a is there is that something that you think will ever be done again? Uh, I mean, I I don't know. Maybe I'm asking a dumb question, but what he did this year, uh, I just think is remarkable. And you know, he's probably going to win. You know, Shohei's my favorite player in baseball overall, but what Ronald did, um, that's unbelievable. And I was excited, Matt. I don't know if you saw it. See some video of that basketball team practicing. I know they let us watch a little live. You can see the experience and uh, got a lot of guys who can handle the ball. Saw Graham put it on the floor a few times, get to the rim. And I'm I'm really excited. I'm not throwing the talent on football yet, obviously, but that experience on that basketball team, I'm I'm ready for it. So, anyways, y'all have a good one. All right, Charlie. Thank you very much. I'll touch on Acuna here for a moment. Um, I mean, the thing, the steals are always the thing that are going to stand out when it comes to. You know, if you got the power and you got the speed, it's just seeing 70 going along with 40 home runs. No one's ever done this before. There have only been two seasons where a batter had 30 home runs and 50 steals. 
So, I mean, a big part of this is the, are the rules changes. But here's a thing about Acuna that really stands out, probably more so than, than maybe any other season that ended with 40 home runs or 41 as he's got right now. Do you realize Acuna has struck out only 82 times? That's, you multiply his home runs by two, and you got a strikeout total. I mean, that's kind of nuts. He might not even strike out 100 times this year, and he may end up with you know, 42 or 43 home runs. Um, and, and this is also one of those, one of those uh, seasons that you look at OPS. OPS is an important stat. It is, the, it is on base plus slugging, but it does not include the steals. Uh, and, and we're told sometimes to overlook stolen bases, but I think that there's an importance to them that gets in a pitcher's head, that gets in an opposing team in the field's head. Stre- stressful pitches. It affects the way you pitch. So, yeah, um, you take the OPS, and his OPS is great. He's just a little bit over 1,000. But I think you got to take into account that he's such a dangerous base dealer that the... Uh, <laughs> The batters don't always get the kind of uh, focus that they need to be getting. In that lineup, that is super dangerous. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. To get in for some high school football with Nate Olson from Scorebook Live. You'll also hear Nate later on tonight on the High School Football Scoreboard Show with Rex Nelson. Nate, good afternoon. Happy Friday. Happy football. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Ready for a trip down to Dallas. Uh, before yeah. we get into it, Olivia, you, uh, your Cubs going to sneak into the postseason? What's going on here? Oh, I don't know. Uh, this is what I know. I predicted them to be about four games over 500. That's right where about they are. Um, I told you a few weeks ago when you mentioned that the they get in its gravy. Obviously, we would like to see them. It, it's been kind of a choke job here at the end. Uh, a couple of these Braves games were kind of tough, but we'll see. I think I think they can. I think I don't know what what Milwaukee's mindset's going to be um, already in, but uh, I don't know there'll be a lot of Cubs fans there, so. We'll see what happens. I, either way, it's, uh, it's not going to make a break it for me. I've, I've, I've enjoyed this season, seeing them grow and get better. I think next year will even be better. All right, well, let's get into the football things here. Uh, sure. We've got a big one uh, in the 7A West. Uh, winner gets first place. Rodgers at Fayetteville. Got a, couple of really, uh, got a couple of really good quarterbacks in this game. What are you seeing? It should be a good game. You know, last year... It went down to the wire. Rogers hits one at the horn to beat him. They hadn't beaten him in a long time. So uh, this Rogers team under Chad Harvest, and he's really breathed some life into this program. 
and they are, I think right now you could say a legitimate threat to win the conference. If you win that conference, you're a legitimate threat to win a state championship. So a lot on the line here. Of course, whoever loses this game, it's not doom and gloom. But if, if you, you win this one, then you've got one hurdle kind of cleared. Now you've got to play Bentonville. Fayetteville plays them uh, pretty soon, I believe next week or the week after. So uh, I expect a high-scoring game here. Rogers has a good defense, and Fayetteville has been opportunistic. But I think with both of these teams' quarterbacks, uh, with Drake Lindsey, he's going to Minnesota. Dane Williams is a very good high school quarterback. I think he'll have some offers before it's all said and done. Uh, Jason DeLamar, you're going to see him on the baseball field in a couple of years, um, Phil, at, over at Bomb Stadium. Um, and he's uh, He had five touchdown catches last week. So uh, those, those two guys are on the same page. And then you've got Grayson Cash, who's emerged as a receiver for Rogers. He's for an ACL in May, and he's already back. So that's one more weapon they have. They've got a good guy, a running back, Jacob Jenkins is good, too. So uh, this this should be a lot of offense, a big crowd, uh, the game of the, of the week in the state as far as I'm concerned. So it's a game of the week, the game of the state. It also means the winner gets first place. Uh, do you view that? It's not a championship game for the 7A West, but are these two teams far and away the best in the West, or are there other programs that can compete with them this year? Well, Bentonville's in that mix, too. Um, and I would say coming into the year, as it is so many years, Phil, Bentonville and Fayetteville are at the top. Bentonville is still, you know, you, you've got to consider it to run through there. They're defending state champions. Uh, they've got several guys back. We've got C.J. Brown, who uh, is an Arkansas commit. You can read a story about him on our website this week. And they've got Southside, who is a good team. Uh, Amari Tucker running back. Kim Dameron's breathed some life into them. They barely lost to Rodgers last week. So there is a lot more competition, I think, in this league. Also, Bentonville West is in there. So the heavyweight of the league are going to have to, I think they're going to get tested a little bit more. Bentonville could get tested tonight. And then you'll, you'll get the, the really prime matchup with Fayetteville and Rogers. The winner of that one will try to take down Bentonville to, to really get a leg up. But this, this, this may not decide the conference championship, but it's going to go a long ways to whoever wins this one is going to be in, in a good situation uh, with Bentonville waiting to play both of them as well. Well, yeah, what position uh, is, is does C.J. Brown play? And then with, with Drake Lindsey going to a Minnesota commit, is there any chance that, that Arkansas gets in, into the race? Or, or why hasn't Arkansas offered him? C.J. Brown's a receiver, and he's a very electric one. He lit up uh, Broken Arrow with three, a couple three touchdowns in that game, I believe, and uh, had a kickoff return against Conway. Uh, he, he is a, He's a three-star, but... I mean, I, I think he could be even better than that. Uh, a guy played running back as a seventh grader and then was behind Josh Ficklin, who is at Illinois State. He switched to receiver, which is a good move, uh, first in the slot and outside. Uh, he, he's been very, very good. And, uh, you know, he's got a quarterback, uh, Nye, who is really good, a, a really good high school player and uh, a good baseball player. And they, they've, they've kind of created a really good, you know, combination there and uh, know each other well. So that, that when you play them, you better know where they are. Uh, Carter Nye, quarterback, Brown, uh, Nye is elusive in the pocket. He can, he's got a good arm. So 
that really helps them, and their offensive line has developed well after losing uh, Joey Sua, who's at Arkansas. I, you know, Lindsey, I wish I had a, a good answer for you on that. I, you know, the lineage that he has at Arkansas and everything with his family, I'm not really sure. I, I think he's maybe a guy that kind of was a late bloomer, and somebody was asking me yesterday, like, how does Minnesota get on a guy from Arkansas? But, I mean, that, that's kind of an easy answer because now it's the Internet and camps and, I mean, every, everybody's fair game. You've got guys coast to coast going to different schools, and I don't know if there's – I don't think there's anybody on the Minnesota staff that has Arkansas connections, but it could be. I know that's how UNLV is recruiting a lot of Arkansas guys because they've got so such a connection – with the state there, but I, yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, Arkansas, I mean, if they were to offer him, I don't know what he would do, but, um, you know, I, I think, is he good enough to play in the SEC? I think he is. I mean, I, he's put up some great numbers. Looks like he's improved quite a bit from one year to the other. So I think Minnesota's getting a steal. He ends up going to play for PJ Fleck. I think he could be, you know, an all big 10 type of quarterback there. Um, you know, and be a, a multiple year starter. So, um, yeah, I'm not, not sure how much interest Arkansas showed, um, if any, but, uh, you know, they, they may miss out, but they, yeah, they got a lot of good quarterbacks coming in too. Grayson Wilson at CAC is a junior coming in. Um, so, you know, there's a lot, of, yeah, as you know, Matt, being a college quarterback, there's a lot of things that weigh into that and coaches, what they're looking at and who they have and all that stuff, but, it's a it's an astute point to ask since he is you know a couple feet from the campus and has that lineage you know wh- why that might not have happened. Yeah, and and you know his his was his grandpa Jim that that played for the Minnesota Vikings. You know played played up there for for years. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. Want to ask about? He's a very good quarterback. Uh, I want to ask about uh, what happened last week. Uh, with Little Rock Christian taking Pulaski Academy to the woodshed. It's three weeks in a row that the Warriors have done this. Does Mountain Home stand a chance next week? Well, yeah, Mountain Home is, is we talked about them. They're, they're improved. Um, they can hang with some teams, and, and uh, they've had some near misses. Um, you know, they play at PA this week, and I talked to a PA coach on Sunday, and they said, you know, they're going to come in here ready to beat us. I mean, they, they smell little blood in the water and if we don't turn things around and turn the page you know they could get us so they've trailed at halftime three different times so you've got PA this week that that is you know on paper possibly a winnable game now PA is PA and after losing like that I expect uh, you know Anthony Lucas really put them through the paces but um, both of those games are uphill climbs for Mountain Home, but they have done a good job in the quarterfinals, getting to the quarterfinals every year under Steve Airy. They play, you know, the, the, the other competition in 6A and match up better. This league is, is so tough. So that's, that's the thing that, that, that goes against them is that it's very difficult with the stack with Greenwood and, you know, they've already played them and lost the PA and Little Rock Christian. So, they tried to be there in the middle of the pack. I think they can. Uh, but the loss to Lake Hamilton didn't help. And that was like in the last second. So a good team that, you know, is in a really tough division, but he, or conference, but they've done a good job there. Um, PA, Little Rock Christian last week, just, just to fill you in a little bit, I was at the first half of that game. And PA, I've never seen them. They got beat. 63 to nothing to Springdale in 2003 under Gus Malzahn. It was a Hooten's Labor Day 
uh, game where they played like four games in a day at War Memorial Stadium. And I remember that. And then the, two years later, they lost the war, and like uh, it was like forty-three nothing. So those are those are the two worst losses to an in-state opponent. But otherwise, I've never seen a PA team look that you know lackluster. And then on the other end of it, Little Rock Christian was just dynamite. Uh, Walker White, he looked like a four-star quarterback, running, jumping over people. He and his receivers were on on target, the receivers are making big plays, I and mean, they, they rose to the occasion, and PA went the other way, but you know, you, you think about the season opener, Skylo Christian went down there and smacked Little Rock Christian in the mouth, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so uh, uh, that was that was kind of shocking how that happened, especially after, you know, earlier in the year they, they lose, but that game's emotional, Little Rock Christian was ready, they play again, you know, it could be a different outcome, but uh, PA nursing a lot of injuries. That's that's the other thing that would have that Mountain Home has kind of on its side is that you know their best receivers not playing, the running back transferred. Um, but we'll see how that plays out tonight. If Mountain Home can come down there, I mean they like I said, PA has trailed a couple different occasions uh, at halftime. That's uncharacteristic of them. They trailed Russellville, trailed uh, an academy out of Mississippi, so. The door could be open. They they need to they need to try to kick it in tonight. Got a got a game down in my area with Farmington at Alma. Uh, what's your thoughts on that one? I was hoping you'd mention this because uh, uh, there is a there is a quarterback there by the name of Daly. You probably remember that name. Oh, Adam um, Adam Daly. Yeah, that lineage. Yeah, yeah dude, Adam Daly was a stud. Yeah, and his son's the quarterback, and Clark Bohr is his brother or his, his, mm-hmm. his uncle. Another stud. So, Another guy you know well. So that, you know, last week you asked me what game, you you know, was my favorite or which one you should go to. You've asked that too. That's the one you should go to. And you can see your teammates and former teammate guys, Hogs, and and see him play. Uh, He's a very good high school quarterback. I think he can play multiple positions. But if you got him playing quarterback, they need him there. Um, Farmington kind of shocked some people by beating Harrison. Um, with a backup quarterback, their uh, quarterback Van Zant has been really good player, has been hurt, uh, and so they're they're going with the backup. But uh, they were able to win that game, forty three forty. I expect another you know big time uh, scoring matchup. This is a this is a a good opportunity for Alma to to beat a pretty good team you know at home, and that five A West is really competitive. It could be competitive. Shiloh's sitting at the top. But now you've got P. Ridge, who is undefeated with Bray Cook from uh, the University of Arkansas, Lyman, who played under Pittman with his offensive line coach. They're doing better. And you've got Curry Grove in there that's always pretty good with Danny Absher. So the, the league is kind of, you know, maybe taking a step up. So this is a good opportunity for Alma to maybe assert themselves and kind of stick their nose in that, that upper echelon uh, Whoever wins this game is going to have a little bit of a leg up on that uh, maybe third playoff spot or something like that. Passion is something that exists in all of us. I know we got a lot of passionate Hog fans listening right now. And I know that all of you love football season. Dave Bushkill and his team over at Eastside Liquor are the exact same way. They can take care of all your tailgating and party needs, whether it's just a few beers or alcohol in bulk. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith to check off every item on your list. Eastside Liquor, your number one stop for Arkansas football this season. 
The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more info. We have Neil Atkinson on the horn from Bet Sarazen today, and it's always good to talk with Neil. You know, um, Bet Sarazen is Arkansas's favorite sports betting app, but uh, this is also one of the most successful sports betting apps in the entire country. And you hear the commercial from uh, that Randy Rainwater announces that they're the 15th most popular uh, in the country. Well, Neil said they actually got even more popular since that since that spot was cut. That's something else, Neil. He already one spot up. Yeah, it's it's been amazing uh, what we've uh, what we've been able to accomplish, and uh, you know we we owe it all to uh, to uh, uh, the the betting public that has adopted us as the as the preferred choice here in Arkansas, and we did a lot of hard work, and and, and really be honest with you, I feel like I'm, we're just getting started because it's just absolutely incredible the technology that, that's coming to this and the things that we're able to do and uh, be in Vegas in, in, in two weeks uh, looking at all of the new stuff and meeting with a lot of uh, new data sources for the new uh, sports that were approved. A lot of wonderful things going on right now in the sports betting world and um, and, it's, and it's great to be in this position and, and it looks like the choices that we've made on our partners and vendors is paying off for us. Neil, we, we all know football is king. How is this Colorado wave going? Is it is it still riding pretty good? I know they get the USC Trojans this week. Yeah, um, it died down a lot last week. You know, when you have a line that big, most of the money was on uh, the spread last week, and uh, it was a tough game for them. And uh, a little bit of that hype has died down a little bit. Of course, you know, you had some injury news, you know, news with Colorado after that game. Um, so um, the, the Colorado hike is simmering down a little bit, but Arkansas is picking it up. Even though they were not successful against LSU last week, uh, people are really ramming and jamming uh, the Arkansas game this week, especially on the point spread and even more interestingly on the money line. It's just uh, I've got 90% of all the bets right now is on the money line uh, for the Hogs and not for Texas A&M. So there's a lot of confidence going in this game based on last week's results. Hopefully we see the same team as last week. 90%. That's a big number. What what's kind is that shocking to you or is that about uh, about what you thought? Not not for, not not on an Arkansas game and especially, you know, a game now. Now um the the money line with LSU was, you know, of course we did not have as many uh that week. I mean, it was an 18 point spread, but right now I think we're sitting at 6 points on that game. And uh, a lot of people think, you know, Arkansas are going to win the game because they're, they're taking the odds in the money line. Because right now it's paying back, I think, like plus 195 uh, is what it's paying. Or has it changed in the last minutes? Oh, it's plus 200 now. So it's paying even better right now on the money line. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that, that, it's, 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 it's moving. Now, the line was down to four and a half earlier today because uh, a lot of money came in on Arkansas early today. A lot of people are getting their bets in before they leave for Texas. And, uh, but it, 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 it dragged the line down too off-market, so I readjusted it to, to, to the consensus price because I'm going to have the best price on Arkansas generally if I can. 
Neil, we know that the Razorbacks will be the most popular uh, team that are that money will be placed on or against in in this state. What about what about the second or the third most popular uh, collegiate uh, or university uh, after Arkansas? I would assume it'd be one of the bordering states. It really it, it depends on how big the SEC matchup is. Yeah. So you know this week um, um, the uh, other than that one. Um, I, I, we're getting a lot of action on Tennessee and South Carolina, um, and, and, and it was popular enough that we went ahead and created a banner for that one uh, on the site when you first log into the site. Um, that one right there in college is the next one. And basically, it, it's very funny. You can look at all the SEC matchups, and, and that's going to be our top run week in and week out. And, of course, you know they're always going to bet Ohio State. They're betting USC right now. You know, people do like to bet the favorites. It's just a general tendency. So uh, in the top five, you, you, th- those are almost always going to be uh, in the top ten games that are bet and, and the SEC and the key SEC matchups. I saw where Messi didn't play in, in the cup finals. Is, is the Messi fever uh, still around, and, and, and how's the soccer world going? The, the, the Messi fever is, is, it has died down a little bit, but what we're noticed is is – pre-Messi and post-Messi, uh, we are getting uh, more uh, uh, handle on those games than we were getting before he went to Miami. So, yeah, it's, done, it's brought out a lot of attention. And then again, with English Premier League in full swing over across the pond, too, you know, uh, we're getting that. And, of course, we got a lot of attention when the lady hit the $5, I think, $18,000 parlay. Uh, uh, and it was all on soccer bets. So, uh, you know, that, that, that gave some attention to it because people go, hey, let me look at soccer. So, uh, yeah, soccer, it's good seeing uh, the growth. And, and really, the growth is, it, it is trending with our customer acquisition. More and more people are signing up the, the longer that we're on. And um, you, you're just seeing the growth across the board on all of those sports. But like I said, right now, football and, and, and Major League Baseball are king. Just, just, just. It's, it's just the time of the year for that. How popular is the Ryder Cup in as far as as far as the betting public in the state of Arkansas is concerned? The Ryder Cup was was not as good as what I thought, and I think the main reason behind that is is because I think they started play this morning at three a.m. in the morning, and, I, and and people just generally like don't like to bet too far in advance. So with the game start and, and, and with it being over in Italy, um, it's just the timing of the bets uh, and, and when people are going to make their bets for it. Now, we have a lot of great prop action up, and, and play is resumed for the day. I mean, I mean, play has ended for the day on the Ryder Cup and, and, and USA, one and a half to, to six and a half. They got some makeup to do tomorrow, but we've already got the day two four balls already up. Um, and uh, correct scores and, and the foursomes. So uh, we've got the markets up for tomorrow's play. And, again, you want to get those in today because, you know, they start playing very, very early in the morning our time because it is in Italy. And I see the biggest spread this weekend for the NFL on Betsarazin is Arizona and the Niners, San Francisco minus 14 and minus 1,000 on the money yep. line. You just don't see that in the NFL very much. Can you remember the biggest spread that you've seen or that you have overseen in, in the NFL? I'm trying to remember. I think last year, um, I, I'll have to go back and look. I think we had a a 23-point line last year. Um, or, it was, or was it the year before for the Jacksonville Jaguars? There was one game... 
that it was the biggest one that I could remember since I've been involved in uh, sports betting since 2018. Yeah, it could have been Don't the same on that one because uh, I think you had a backup quarterback going against somebody else. I, I think I remember that too, Neil. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's what it was. I mean, it, and, and I think I I, I, I can't remember because so much is going on. I think that was during the turmoil with the coach and uh, and all of that back then too. Uh, uh, Urban Meyer, when, when he was the coach, I think there was a game that had a massive spread on it then. Uh, what uh, what did the uh, Dame Lillard trade do to the Bucks odds on Bet Sarazen for winning the NBA title? Um, you know what you've you, you you've caught me on that one. That one would I'd have to look at and see what the historical odds on that one. I'll be honest with you with everything that's been going on with football and uh, getting everything ready. Uh, the NBA is next on my list. We're about a month out before that gets started. But uh, you, you got me on that one. I would have to look and see what the line movements are, and I don't have that right handy at me. You got? Do you have? A, do you have any? You want to be in practice for basketball for college basketball started yesterday? Do you have up um, NCAA uh, basketball preseason things on Bet Sarazen? Right now, we have primarily uh, just the NBA. Uh, preseason spe- uh, season specials. I have not put up any of the college uh, quite yet, but that will be coming up pretty, pretty soon. Um, we are going to look and decide whether or not that we're going to put some fun bets out for the two exhibition games that we're going to have with the Hogs. But uh, right now, we haven't done our full attention on NCAA basketball yet in those, in those but believe me, those specials will be coming uh, just like we do for football in the very near future. And you, I know you kind of brought up a little bit talking about Major League Baseball. It's it's almost here, the Fall Classic. How's that all lining up? Well, uh, this week right here for a bookmaker is 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 Maylock's moments all week long because uh, we have not done very well as traditionally on Major League Baseball this week. It just seems there are some scenarios out there with uh, teams that are sensed in the playoffs and teams that don't necessarily mean anything putting development players in, and then on the games that, that everything's on the line for, for playoff positions, um, you know, you, you you got your best pitchers out there. So, yeah, th- this week the major league bettors that, 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 that are major league bettors and baseball is their betting sport and, and, and have not switched over to football, they are dialed in this time of year, and they typically do very, very well. We've had a couple of losing days on base, on baseball this week, but that's to be expected, and 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 that's why people like to bet baseball, especially this time of year. Right. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to the postseason because you know uh, some of those those games are win or go home mentality at that point, and the competition's uh, a little bit more from the bookmaker's perspective. But uh, yeah, uh, yesterday, today, and tomorrow always make me real nervous on on Major League Baseball. They they absolutely killed us on parlays on on Wednesday, which was a good thing because. Uh, you know, that gives them extra spending money going into the weekend for football. It's interesting. You've, you've used the term the last couple of weeks, Maylock's moments. And I think, you know, for, for, for those people who do um, put their own money down on sports, they, you know, they, they're feeling a lot of nerves, too. And, and I know for, for a oh. bookmaker like you, I mean, it, it isn't necessarily your money, but I, it feels like you view it that way. But I also hear you be very, very happy. Um, you know, about bragging on some of the parlays where people get huge wins. I mean, it kind of goes both ways for the bookmaker, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it really does. And, and I tell a lot of people a lot of time, I don't know if I should say this, but book, bookmaking is not necessarily about how much money we make. It's about how much money we don't lose. Yeah. Uh, uh, because 
you know, there's sometimes there's going to be a favorite. You know, just look when Brady, when he was still with the Patriots, and they were winning week in and week out, and you couldn't make a line high enough to stop them from betting on it, and they still would bet it, and, and the Patriots would cover. So uh, the, the, the tricky part for me is is managing that risk, but also giving my players a good value and, and, and giving them the pricing that they deserve and not being off market too much. You know, sometimes, you know, my pricing may not be the best. And, and, and when it's not the best, it's because, hey, I need money on the other side to manage my risk profile. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, sometimes the games can go all the players' way. And, and, and remember, uh, parlays and those multipliers, when all the favorites win and all the overs go, uh, that's typically a bad day for the books. And um, so, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, sports betting is extremely volatile. And if you're a sports better, you know that because you can get on a hot streak. We had a guy win 28 bets in a row, and then all of a sudden he lost 20 in a row. So um, there are no guarantees in sports betting. And, and you got to remember, a lot of the outcomes are, depending, are, are determined by inches. You know, they say football is a game of inches. It really can be the difference between uh, uh, making a uh, uh, well winning a money line or covering the spread, and and you you have a five team parlay and the four teams you've won, and that comes down to that last one and the last play of the game kills it. Oh boy, that's super emotional, and uh, and and we do the same thing too. We're just dealing with a little bit bigger numbers. All right, last thing you'd uh, mentioned to me about a new kiosk uh, that Bet Sarah's yeah. has launched has the same content as online. Where is this kiosk, and and uh, what does it do? Yeah, what what we've done is 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 when sports betting first become legal, remember we can only do sports betting uh, on the property. So we went with a platform for that, and then when uh, online was made legal, we chose a different uh, a vendor, you know, because we wanted a very good platform, and and we had to had the contract run out. The other vendor was very very good. It was it, it was great. But we wanted to have all of our lines on one platform. Managing two platforms was a little bit tricky. So now what it's able, allowed us to able to do is, is that previously we could not put things like the Arkansas specials, the NFL specials, and flash bets on the kiosk. Well, guess what? We now have all of that content on the kiosk. Matter of fact, when you walk onto it, it looks just like you're looking at it on your desktop computer or on your phone for the most part, just a bigger screen. And you have so many more betting options there. Also, on the old retail kiosk, it was an older system. Uh, you did not have the parlay flexibility. Now you're getting the same parlay flexibility that you have on Bet Saracen. Uh, same game parlays is very, very complicated to set up. That's coming to the kiosk in about two weeks. And in about a month or so um, on schedule, we're getting ready to have a huge enhancements to parlays that our customers have been asking us about. And uh, when I get when I dial in on the date when we're going to be able to deploy that, that's going to be big because um, uh, you're going to have a lot more flexibility on parlays, and and that's what our customers really do love. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at HitThatLine.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube.